Transient mic. Write, record, preserve. Transient mic. Transient mic. Transient mic. Transient mic. Number one is happiness. Number one is being happy with what I'm doing. And as long as I'm happy with what I'm doing, I'll do it in a broom closet. You know, you can hire me and pay my rate to come play in your broom closet if you want, and I will gladly do it. And I'll have fun doing it. Just like sitting on the edge of my bed playing guitar or sitting in my room playing guitar by myself, I'll, I will have fun and enjoy and love doing what I'm doing. Chris DeVore swings into Smiling Castle Studios out in Kyle, Texas to share his remarkable guitar ability. Slinging a Mexican telly and some Django Reinhardt-inspired tunes, he imparts a tenured wisdom that only comes after thousands of sets and string changes. So welcome today to the Transit Mic 4-Track Series. I'm your host, David Ventura Garcia. I'm really excited to be here in Kyle, Texas, Smiling Castle Studios, courtesy of Rick Del Castillo. Thank you so much. He's here in the studio with us today, and but we're going to be featuring Chris DeVore and have him uh, play some stuff. But, you know, we're, we're hanging out, and they got to play a tune together. So welcome, both of you guys. Oh, thanks for having me. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little stiff right now because everybody's just like looking at me. I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, we're totally trying to psych you out, <laughs> yeah. David. Yeah. It's got, a stare, but you I'm, can't even say transient, hey, Mike, because hey, we're giving you that stare yeah, so hard. But I've been here before. That's all right. No yeah, big deal. Good. But, you know, today we get to feature, like I said, Chris is here, and, and he's known around town as what you can call a, a gypsy swing jazz guitarist, you know, and... Um, the way I'm going to introduce him is just by the, the, the story of how I met him, which was really cool. I was just actually happened to be working next door to Hudson's on the Bend uh, some time back. And and I think I told you this story. It's just like I heard some, some great songs, a great tune coming out, like Over the Fence. I was at this place called 827 Rays, and, and I said, man, that sounds so good. And my day, my work day had ended. I said, I'm going to go check that out. And I went over across the fence, and there he was playing this music. And uh, as I so often do, because I'm, I'm kind of that kind of dude who, after show, hey, man, hey, so what kind of guitar is that, you know, and start talking about, you know, trying to find some, because your music was moving. I loved it, man. I loved what you did. And so I met you, and I said, uh, let, let's make a video together. And that's and you said, okay, well, I'm down. And we were, we were there. Do you remember that day? Oh, no, no, I remember. I remember. Yeah, it was great. It was great to meet you, and I appreciated you being there. And you said, "Hey, let's make a video together." And you know, part of me was like, "Wow, that's creepy," and another part of me was <laughs> that's like, what "Was said. like, oh, this guy, this guy just, you know, he's gonna, he just said that, and he doesn't really mean it, you yeah. know." But I was like, "But I'll email him and see what happens." And and you were exactly good to your word. And I emailed you, and you emailed me back, and we made that video, and and I will always appreciate it. And 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 that's because I liked your sound, and and your sound again. Am I right to describe it? it's like a Western Gypsy style? I know. That You've been playing yeah. for 22 years. I am, I am in the process of changing that name because people find the word gypsy offensive, uh, even though I'm not really? calling anybody that. Yeah, actually, I was in a guitar forum, and I said Western Gypsy, and this guy was like, oh, that's offensive, and that's racist, and that's the same as saying other words that I wouldn't say, you know. And I was like, oh, you know. But what's worse is that this total, like, uh, political person you know, of a political party that I'm not down with came to my defense and like called this guy a snowflake. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Gypsy's <laughs> not such a bad. So, well, <laughs> I, you know, whether it's offensive or not, 
I don't want to use a word that causes those kinds of people to come to my defense. Right. I don't yeah. want that. As, <laughs> I don't want that association right. at all. So I'm in the process of coming up with something different, a different term than that well, uh, whether, to, to describe what I do, which is a lot of swing music. Like, yeah, yeah. So swing. I play music. <gasps> I take offense to that. But the thing is, it's cool. Okay. So if we, if we don't call it gypsy jazz, we'll say that the biggest influence that you have, we all know that is Django Reinhardt in a lot of ways. And that, that brought, uh, that that brought a lot of attention, and from my perspective, to say I want, I want to hear more. So, so tell me about that uh, the the influence of Django Reinhardt and, and what you do and, and how that became you know. Something sure, I was actually just talking to Rick, and and I would say that, okay, there's two things. One, the first time I ever heard guitar, I'm from Washington D.C., and there was the the Black Channel, you know, which is what I watched all the time. Which was it wasn't BET, but it was like the 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 Black Channel, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there was George Benson on TV and I saw George Benson and I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. This guy is amazing. And guitar is cool. And that was the first time I saw a guitar and I was like, that is awesome. Uh, and then I heard the guitar trio, which is what I was telling Rick about. And with John McLaughlin, Paco de Lucia and Aldi Miola. And that's like the second time I was like, that is amazing. That's awesome. That's what I love. That's what I want to be like. Um, cool. I didn't know you were from the DC area. Did you ever mm-hmm. listen to Danny Gatton? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> he's another monster. Yeah. No, he's great. Yeah. And Telecaster people, yeah. you know, people who know my guitar are like, oh, Danny Gatton. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Well, so educate Was me a little bit. What, what what style of music is is Danny play that the sound? He crossed many borders. I mean, he played. Well, how would you describe his? Well, I know uh, the one thing that people don't say gypsy. No, <laughs> something that people say a lot is uh, the sleepwalk rendition of sleepwalk. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's something I hear a lot because I play sleepwalk. I play it on the Telecaster and that's people. I hear them uh, relate that. Well, that's good because that, I mean, that's what we're trying to do is as transient Mike and the four track series is explore different sounds, different influences. When, whenever we can drop somebody's name, we hope that somebody's listening and they go discover these guitarists. And that's, what's cool is that in this studio today, we have two. And again, I, I know you to be very good guitarist, right? And I, you know, it's, it's great to hear that sound. And what you do is hold an atmosphere and you play at a lot of restaurants and really these, what, four fork, three fork restaurants that there are, you know, big, big time, uh, you know, $80 for a steak kind of places. And I, and I like the fact that you know, where you hold yourself in that, and you set an atmosphere and an ambience playing these, these songs. So with that, I think we should, we should hear one of the songs that you play. It's a, these are a lot of jazz standards. Uh, we're going to hear after you've gone. And uh, I should note that the way, if you go see Chris DeVore play live, he has a, a loop pedal and he, and he plays something down, then he lays it down and, and, and just jams over it with some great licks. And so let's listen to that song and come back and we'll talk about, you know, what you do in the song and, and discuss the history of this song after you've gone. So let's go ahead and roll it. Thank you. 
me crying after you've gone there's no denying you'll feel blue you'll feel sad you'll miss the sweetest friend you ever had there'll come a time when you'll regret it there'll come a time you won't forget it you'll feel sad and lonely and then you'll think of me and you'll want me only after you've gone Tell me about this song after you've gone. Let me give me the history of it. That was good though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after you've gone, um, it's a public domain song. It's a very, very, very old song written by songwriters and made popular by everybody. Uh, so my version's a lot different than most versions, uh, but it's also a popular gypsy jazz song. It's a popular jazz standard. All kinds of people play it. Um, and for me, the rate, the speed that I play it, it makes me happy. Uh, you know, fast tempos and kind of fast playing really is what just makes me happy. Uh, so that song being the right mix of pretty and a nice harmony and just everything all together just makes it a really special song for me. Well, one note, one note that, that I have take away that I have, I mean, to hear your radio, the way you're talking now and the way, when we talk, when we rap over the phone or whatever, it's, it's, do you get that you have like, it feels like you have two different voices because when you sing, your timbre is different when you sing and I like it. It's it almost place the standard, but do you 
feel that you oh yeah you're... i mean it changes for for every song kind of after you've gone there's no denying you'll feel uh you know for me singing was secondary to guitar playing singing is a means to an end uh to play a song and that's you know for me the the, the guitar music i'm not crazy about just guitar music without a vocalist or without a piano player or some other relative instrument to drive the song Mm -hmm. Uh, so to me, you know, guitar and singing kind of, they need each other. Uh, so my voice for singing just is, I, I've never actually really thought that much about it. I just kind of do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. It works for me. And that's what it was, but it's funny to just, to hear you now and hear the song, they might be in contrast, you know? And so. Well, that's because it's not me singing. <laughs> I, I actually, I have a stunt vocalist that comes in and, and. <laughs> stunt, yeah, a double. Takes over. She, a double. she sings for me. <laughs> But it's cool because let's talk about the, the because one thing that you do very well, and I'm going to tie it into an article that you wrote. I mean, you're setting a, an ambience in, in, in the setting that you're playing because, like I said, there there much of this are at, at restaurants or beer uh, breweries and things like that, and so people come to hear you. But it's music you can kind of talk over. So I'm just just going to quote from an article because you're he's also a good writer and a poet. It's a lot of things that that I'd like to share with the audience about you. Um, Thank you for saying that I'm good music to talk over, David. <laughs> Well, that's, no, very, no, no. that's that's very important too. Well, well no, that because is, that here, is very important. Here's here's what here's what you go on to say in this article. I am a professional musician, and I subscribe to the reality that listening customers make the world go round. It always comes down to someone needing or wanting something that they have uh, to gladly play money for. So in a way, you're kind of, the way you quote it, you're like an alcohol salesman, a human jukebox who does not play Jimmy Buffett request and will never spit your dollar bill back at you, <laughs> which is good, like but that. you understand your role, right? Sure. Well, look, number one, first and foremost, I play music to be happy. So the last part of that statement, I don't want to play things that I don't want to play. I only want to play the songs that I want to play. And I just want to do what makes me happy. Uh, and then secondarily, I want to get paid for it. Uh, yeah, because you say so number one is happiness. Number one is being happy with what I'm doing. And as long as I'm happy with what I'm doing, I'll do it in a broom closet. You know, you can hire me and pay my rate to come play in your broom closet if you want. And I will gladly do it. And I will have fun doing it. Just like sitting on the edge of my bed playing guitar or sitting in my room playing guitar by myself. I'll, I will have fun and enjoy and love doing what I'm doing. And I think that's profound what you're saying. And I'll share something else, because if you're a working musician out there, that's that's Chris DeVore is doing this full time, regular, you know, uh, every day, knocking it out. I mean, wh whatever you know, he makes his own schedule. But it's it's there's some glamour to it, but there's also the the just getting it done. And you've said, you know, like I've heard you say in your article, I have no right to expect money unless I'm helping making it. So naturally, when people choose to give me their attention, it's because they like what they hear, and not because I've left them no choice. And then you say, but to be ear humped. Ear humped. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I get ear humped all the time. Yeah, that's so funny. I think that was the difference. I think that's what I was grooving to when I first met you was to say, you know, this guy, I, I see that you were performing because you enjoyed it. And that's why I enjoyed it. And that's sure. what's cool. And, and that's, that makes a tip jar go up or maybe it stays the same. It doesn't. I mean, there's just that's my favorite thing about musicians is when I see somebody who's really into what they're doing and they, and it's so natural to them and it's just so effortless because it's just that, you know, they've, they've done it a lot and they love it and they've just nailed it and they've got it and they just love doing it, you know, and it's just so, it just flows from them. You know? and, I, and that's one of my favorite things to see is just that just that effortless flow and pe and smile, people are smiling and they're loving it and they're just, and, and it's, that's one of my favorite things in music. And that's taking you 
uh, quite a few places in, in, in your span of your career. I know you've been to Colorado. You've toured with a band that was kind of like a Russian surf guitar band back in the day. I mean, you, <laughs> you've done all kinds of things, but what's cool, what's, what's, you're, you're always working at it. You're finding songs to incorporate. You can play a one-hour set. You can play a five-hour set, you know, it seems like. And that's, that's what I want uh, the listeners to, to come away with, that, you know, it, you just have to be steady with it and, and keep, keep doing it, man. And that's, what, that's why I applaud what you're doing. And uh, let's talk about the second song that we did because that's that's what's cool. It features features a little jam, jam session. You're calling it Janabi, which is sort of an original composition to kind of jam over. Rick, you sat in on it, and then after the session, you know, uh, I know Jeremy was like, "Wow, this is great!" It, and and we're gonna play it. Let's come back and we'll talk about the way the two of you guys, the styles were vibing in in this one song. So let's go to Janabi. It's a it's a good jam, and hit it. Thank you. 
right, welcome back, Jonaby. That was a that was a really good song. So I mean, I, I really had fun listening to it. I know it, it got uh, Jeremy out of his chair. So you might you might have heard him hooping and hollering in the background. But uh, tell us tell us about that song, and then maybe how you got to to jam with that Rick and how that worked out. Well, uh, you know that the song itself, the harmony is a, is a is a pretty kind of basic standard harmony uh, that I put together just to. One day, actually, okay, so here, let me make a quick story. One of the first gigs that I got hired to do solo was for a, a convention, a uh, security, internet security convention, which I still do. I've been doing that convention for eight years now. Um, and they told me, oh, we need some background music for happy hour, blah, blah, blah. It's real easy. I was like, no problem. That's what I do. And they basically put me into this giant ballroom with 300 people in it on a gigantic stage and sat me down on the middle of the stage. And this is during lunch. <laughs> and like I'm this tiny little fly on this gigantic stage and with 300 people eating lunch. Yeah. And the, if you can just imagine like these Internet security people with their forks <laughs> in their hands, like eating their food and just looking at me like, all right, you, you know, I guess you're on. It's, it's you. So like 300 people staring at me all, you know, and I'm like, OK, this is so actually that. I kind of came up with it. And also I needed to play five sets that day and I had, <laughs> a, geez, sets, uh, and I had already played a few sets and I wanted to save some of the other songs for the late, you know, like some of my more popular songs for later. So for lunch, I wanted to play some more kind of chill stuff. Uh, so I kind of came up with that, uh, during that conference cause I needed something, I wanted something to just play on and that just kind of came right out of me and I've refined it over time. So prior to that, you were just doing solo, like just, you know, like you didn't have a loop station. No, I, I had a loop station. That was one of the first gigs that I had where I had a loop station where I was doing a solo. So, and I was listening to you guys talk about it. I mean, because for for the music geeks out there, like what I mean, we're talking about like what kind of scales are you are you performing in, and what did you find you had to do differently to jam with him? He was throwing so many flat fives at me, I couldn't I couldn't cover <laughs> myself in time. I said, "Hey, bro, can you can you can we do it like ten BPM slower?" <laughs> Chris, you're an amazing guitarist, man. It was it was a joy. Jamming that's that's with a you. huge compliment coming yes. from you because you're a great inspiration to me. Thank Absolutely, you, man. it's it was it was. I mean. This style of music that he plays, I've listened to my whole life, but I've never played it. And it's a whole different world. We were talking about different worlds oh, yeah. of styles of music. And so I, I asked him for, hey, I was copying a couple of licks prior to when we were warming up and then, you know, did my attempt at, at I can't say gypsy, right? You know, what I've learned is saying gypsy jazz is different yeah, than yeah. saying gypsy or using it yeah. in a different way. Gypsy jazz. You're right. tipping gypsy, uh, John, and which you call it like Jonaby, which is DJ. You know, right, like Django Reinhardt, yeah, yeah, Jonaby. Jonaby jazz. Yeah. And so the setup, and let's talk, let's, again, just to keep, stay on that vein, like, tell me about your guitar, because I know you, you had a story where you had to search for your guitar, which is a Fender... Uh, it's just a made in Mexico Fender Telecaster. But, um, but I went out and played a bunch of Telecasters over a period of like a year. I played like a hundred of them <laughs> at different shops all over Austin. Kind of, I played a few in Houston and kind of all over the state. Like I would just stop in a shop and play all the Telecasters uh, until I I was just looking for the one. Um, and but see what makes it the one. It's just when you feel it, when you pick it up, you know it when you yeah. yeah, and you and you and you play stuff on it, and it just fits, and it just feels right, and it just you feel like you've played this guitar before, and that's what I was looking for, and that's what I found in this guitar. 
And that's, that's great. I mean, do you, do you, I guess do you subscribe to a theory? And again, I don't know if I'm taking it too like guitar rock goddish, but does, does the guitar have its own personality? You know, BB King Absolutely. says that, you know, every guitar is different. Mm-hmm. Every, every guitar is cut just a little bit differently mm-hmm. and they all have differences. There's no, I don't think there's any two guitars that are exactly the same. But, but does it speak to you magically with some Django Reinhardt? Rise up from the, from I, the, the, the I think he got the, the reason why he got the Mexican telly is because it came with a little thing of tequila. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, actually I prefer the Mexican telly. I prefer the Mexican fenders because they're a little noisier. The, the USA ones have those noiseless pickups mm-hmm. and they have tighter oh, right, circuitry. Yeah. So it's, you know, if I'm playing through Marshall stack, I want that, but I don't. You know, I play mm-hmm. at a pretty lower volume, so I want it to be a little higher output, yeah. and I want kind of that, you know, kind of louder, higher output sound. Mm-hmm. I had a Mexican Strat for a while. I loved it. I'm, I regret selling it. You know, it was a great guitar, you know. Well, that's good. And I, 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 love, I love that, you know, you have to play for a year to find it. And you're like, at every, at every town, let me pick this one up. Oh, I picked, no, up, that's I one. picked up some $3,000 guitar, you, you just know, like custom throw it down? shop things. And, and when you're done, they, just yeah. throw it down. Like, man, fuck that. This is not it. This was, a three, this was a $300 guitar. I, I had just finished playing like a $1,500 USA Telecaster. That was actually really nice. And it was, it was really nice before I picked up this one. And then when I picked up this one, it was just over. I was like, that's, that's it. Got it. That's yeah. cool. And, and you'll, be, you'll be playing that one for a long time. And that's awesome. So we can find your articles on, on medium.com and you contribute regularly or, or semi-regularly. Yeah, it's been a while yeah. for me, but I, I only write when I really feel inspired feel to write it. something, right? I'm not like out there trying to write all the time. Well, one of the things we share is there's two things that I want to share because musicians out there that I think you've accomplished outside of what you're doing as a musician, which is great. Uh, one of them is that you've been sober for how many years now? Uh, a little over five and a half years. Yeah, and that that is awesome in the sense that you you understood what needed to change and you made that change. And for a lot of uh, musicians and artists, it could be they could be stuck in something that's hard to do, and and it, it it it's not something that defines you. But I I also know that in the times that we've talked, it's just it's just so cool to meet folks because I've had I've struggled with some of those things you know so when you meet other people it's kind of like okay this is good we're kind of he's helping me and that was back when I first met you helping me go through some things you know and think about and one of the other things that we've kind of gotten on before that me and Jeremy are even talking to but right here you you wrote an an article called an agnostic's opinion on God right which is a big article but I thought about uh what, what you said here, I, I really liked it. And so I just wanted to talk this uh, talk about it a little bit. You said, uh, when I thought about the idea of believing in a power greater than myself, I realized that what it actually meant was, can you acknowledge that there's something in the entire universe greater than you? And then it hit me and uh, that my ideas are not truly mine. They are borrowed. I am nothing. I am just a vessel for all that is and has ever been. So that was pretty good. Man. Sure. Yeah, that was my motto for a long time. Yeah, and that vessel. I'm not, I am not the creator of anything. I am just a vessel for what is and has always been. And, and I think that's cool because when you segue into the music, you're a vessel for the music. I mean, in, in a way, it's like you're saying, you know, because you're nothing. You, you're, they're not sure, truly. You know, Rick and I were talking about influences and, you know, just the people that we love to listen to. And that's it, the kind of the basis of this article. And I'm not trying to get preachy here, but kind of the basis of AA in a way is that is we give ourselves a lot of credit 
And I know I do it. And since I was a kid, I have an obsession with being the one that came up with it and being the one who created it. And it's this obsession that I just want to take credit for things. Um, so, and, and I, and still I do, you know, in, in my mind, at least, you know, I'm mm -hmm. taking credit for everything, but <laughs> I have to stop myself and say, look, I'm not, you know, everything that I do is a product of my environment and what I've learned, you know, and I, and I need to admit that to myself. And so, I mean, you know, my original music is maybe nobody's ever done it exactly like me, but it is a, a combination of, of everything I've listened to and experienced and loved about music in my life. You know? That's good. That's, and that, that's heavy, man. And, and, and I think that's, what's good about talking to, to our artists here on our series is that, you know, we search for inspiration, we search for muses and, and things that inspire us. But when, when you realize that you're just a vessel and, and because I've, I've actually heard that theory uh, come from another friend of mine that was saying that that no, there is nothing new and, and we're just we're just actually channeling something here in a way in a, in a transient way that's what's in our in our built in in our organization but in a temporal way that that's really cool because I, I, it allows me to like you said not say say oh well I came up with that that was my idea I, to be so possessive and be more inclusive more open to to all these ideas and new new sounds new new people that you meet so that that was really good so i read that article i really enjoyed it and I, I would encourage people to go check you out on medium.com and uh also you have another website for your for your music music right or how if they want to find I do, out i have a i have a dot com that is full of youtube links Oh yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I got the dot com, and it, I got a free startup page for life. Yeah. And actually, last time I called GoDaddy, they were like, "You're so lucky that you got that." <laughs> so I have a free page of YouTube links. I mean, that's that's basically my website. It's and what all is my, it? What is the website? Uh, it's www.theswingdemons.com. The Swing Demons, which is what when I have my band, we're called the Swing Demons, and. I'm terrible at band names and I had a bunch of terrible band names and the bass player and the drummer, like that's a terrible band name. So I went through all these changes until I was like, I need to get a dot com. What do I what am I gonna get? And it was the swing demons. Yeah, so I think I think that's about it for today, man. We we got we got a you know chance to hear your songs. We got a chance to meet you. So really thanks you for coming in and sharing with us, man. Being the vessel today. Really. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me, Rick. You're awesome. It was a pleasure and an honor Likewise. to play with you. Likewise. And David, thank you as always for having this. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. After you've gone, you left me crying. After you've gone. The songs After You've Gone and Jana B featuring Rick Del Castillo were performed and recorded at Smiling Castle Studios in Kyle, Texas. This podcast was produced by Transient Mike. Performance engineer, Jeremy Fowler. Podcast editor, Daniel Timmons. The four-track series was tracked on a quarter-inch reel-to-reel Tascam 44 tape machine donated by the family of Mike McCormick. Transient Mike is a nonprofit organization devoted to the preservation of music and sound. For more information, go to transientmike.org. Special thanks to Rick Del Castillo at Smiling Castle Studio in Kyle, Texas. I'm your host, David Ventura Garcia. Thank you for listening. Get yourself a tape machine, you moron.